Greetings, Crittermanders, Starfinders, and listeners everywhere, and welcome to another episode of Cosmic Crit. My name is Patrick, and I'm your Game Master, your Podcaster, and your school's harsh headmaster, sending you to detention on Saturday morning. I'm here to introduce episode 31, which might be my favorite episode that we've played so far. A lot of fun <laughs> happened in this episode, lots of laughs, some tension, but we also started using the Critical Fail deck that was put together by you, the fans, during our February Fan Submission Challenge. Take a look at the link down below in our show notes or visit our website if you want to use the Critical Failures deck yourself. And man, oh man, did we use it in this episode. The main thing I want to talk about this week is that next week is PAX East, the Penny Arcade Expo, and I never miss a year, and I'm very happy to be joined this year by three of my players and friends here on the show. Jabert, Miles, and Rebecca are all coming and are going to be at the con with me. If you're listening to this, and you're going to be there as well, we're going to be tweeting out our locations all weekend long and handing out some very limited edition Cosmic Crit swag to fans that spot us and maybe stop and take a photo. So follow us on Twitter, at Cosmic Crit, and tweet to us during the con. The next huge announcement this week is that Cosmic Crit is now on YouTube. What? Huh? How's that work? Well, I'll tell you how it works. Even though we're audio-only podcasts, we put the audio for all of our past episodes along with some of the amazing title cards that Rebecca put together. And you can go back and you can listen to them, watch them on our save playlist, or... For each new episode that comes out on the platform every week, uh, just go ahead and listen to them there. It would be extremely helpful if everyone listening to this right now went ahead and smashed that subscribe button. And if you can just go ahead and like everything that we've ever made, that'd be great too. But for real, just go check it out and give us a sub if uh, if you want to let us know that you care. All right, I have a whole bunch more stuff to chat about, but there's just no time. So I'm going to run through everything else real fast. I uh, got one more week for the Monster March fan submission challenge where you make a monster and it can get here on the, the show. Join our Crittermander Discord. We got a link below and you can find uh, another link on our website. And make sure to buy some of our awesome shirts in the merch store. Share us with your friends and fellow gamers. And if you haven't rated us on iTunes or Stitcher, go ahead and do that right now. With all that said and done, it is time, finally, to jump into this week's episode. Episode 31, entitled, Screesire Hills, K9204. Last time on Cosmic Crits. Two paths diverged on an asteroid. I took the one that led to the Flying Sniper. Edris has some delightful pirate friends. We wonder why he never brings them around. So that's Captain Aquana. Edris is reunited with his old first mate, Arcor, who fills him in with the details that followed the mutiny. The team arrived on K2904, a rock in the diaspora. We stumbled around a lifeless rock. A Sarkeesian sniper named Yex attacked us and we read his diary. It seems he's controlled by a scree sire. Look at this pile of dirt. Oh wait, a shiny object. We uncovered a few mysterious corpses buried in dust. Raimi was shocked, but not entirely surprised to find his family's name associated with the nefarious astral extraction. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. 
We are out of the Yucalam and into the jungles of Central America this week, getting ready to be hunted down by a lethal and camouflaged predator. Hello, my name is Patrick, and I'm your GM here, your gruesome manhunter, and this is Cosmic Crit. I'm engaging my thermal vision, enabling my invisibility cloak, and stalking at an adventurer party of my five friends and players, getting ready to hunt them down one by one and collect their skulls as trophies. But first, let me introduce them before the killing blow. To my left, a hulk of human muscle and future governor of Minnesota, Drew, playing Nax Israel. Hello there, Patrick. My impression is really bad. <laughs> to his left, Conan, like bodybuilder, and the future governor of California, Jabert, playing Andis 147. Hasta la vista, baby. Across the digital table, we got Carl Weathers still wondering when he gets to be governor. Miles, playing Ramy. You are one ugly mother pronker. What do you call me? To his left, a Native American commando who dies off screen in a scene too expensive to film. Rebecca playing Alindra Vallis. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. And finally, to my right, a CIA pencil pusher with one heck of a handshake. Tyler playing the Dross Veronis. Starfinder will make you a gosh darn sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Just like a Dross. <laughs> is, that, is that what a Dross what? is? <laughs> I mean, he's a lizard, so yeah, 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 he does. Hey, folks, are you ready for episode 31? So ready. You know it. <laughs> I, I don't believe you, Rebecca. <laughs> so ready. I do want to take a moment before we start, and you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't remind everyone, you've had 30 episodes of easy mode, and now we're going on hard mode, because we're going to start using the critical failure deck that the fans of the podcast help help us build up over February. So if you roll a natural one in combat, and that number would also be a miss with all your bonuses and everything, we're going to pull one of these mini critical failures, our fans wrote up, and their, their melee, their ranged, and their magic, and... Enemies will also get these so long as they're, you know, not uh, chump change enemies. If they're named or have an, an equal or a level above you all, like a Scree Sire, they will also get crit failure cards. H- how excited are you guys? I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I'm nervous, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Did no, you? We got this, guys. We got this, guys. Let's kick it into high gear. <laughs> Did you guys click through these and see what? Uh, I've clicked through some of them. I kind of want to keep oh. some of them a surprise, to be honest. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, they're going to be surprising, all right, when they when they come up. Uh, there's, I, I, I looked were... at some of them, and they 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 they're they're definitely still tough. They're not as brutal as some of them were. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like oh, roll a fortitude saver, you're dead forever. <laughs> no, one of the one of the fails I think for a spell was like you call interdimensional portal and like two frost giants come through and do like 4d10 damage or something yeah that's fine but that one's left in yeah (laughs) i can't wait for that one miles for you uh no but uh do check out the crit failure deck um rebecca did a lot of work putting them together we we edited them and uh tyler helped arrange them thank you tyler i'm very excited to to start that off so i teased last week as you were on this rock K9204, that there's a predator, a natural predator, a scree sire that's lurking about. Anyone, uh, anyone feeling uneasy about about what I've described of that thing so far? Not very extremely. Yeah, yeah. sounds it like can, a pencil it, pusher, Patrick. It can <laughs> it can hide in plain sight, right? Uh, it can. Well, in rocky terrain, which you're in, it can indeed oh God. blend in very well <laughs> in in its surroundings. Luckily, but yeah, it's, I it's, have infrared. 
it's large, it's tentacled, got a massive crushing maw, and uh, also, you know from that role that uh, Rami did last week, it has the enthrall mind control ability. So, yeah, you guys ready to roll some dice? So, but, but there is another side of that. We what, what we landed on, and we all picked some of these up last week, is it cold iron shards? Is that what they're called? Correct, yes. So you've got these big metal kind of clubs made out of this magical metal called cold iron, and they are do have damage reduction against most everything except cold iron weapons. If you were to use these hunks of, of metal, it would, uh, it would work as a club. So it'd be like D six plus your strength. You will not add as it's kind of like an improvised weapon. You don't add your level to damage, but that could help definitely some of the, the strength based characters here. Uh, right. So let's get back into it. Last time on cosmic crit, you guys landed on this rocky planetoid in the fields of the loss. And the tip you got from Alira Aquana is that somewhere on this rock is a hidden base for the cult of the devourer called the Star Eater's Spine. So here on the rock, you have seen some signs of, of the cult and you were attacked by the sniper on, on a high perch on a, a cliff. The Sarcesian's journal is what tipped off Raimi that the guy Yex is under the control of the Scree Sire. Right. So, and then uh, when we left the episode, Ramy, you just found what looks like the corpse of a miner mm-hmm. uh, with logos showing both astral extractions and the Quindar conglomerate in what seems to be a, a joint venture. What's what's Ramy thinking about right now, Miles? <sighs> Ramy doesn't know what to think because while he's not entirely shocked that that the Quindar Corporation is involved with someone as seemingly nefarious as Astral Extractions. He's wondering how much his family is tied into what's been going on this 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 whole adventure. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You were really the only one that had seen that on this kind of hunk of metal that was on the corpse's body. Is, is that something you show everyone else? Yes. I mean, now that they know who I am, I... I, I... <sighs> Raimi is feeling like he needs to let them know as much as possible because he knows that them being around him is extremely dangerous. Right. So you're talking about your four teammates, two goblin friends and puppy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Great. So I guess you show that to everyone and you guys have any any immediate thoughts? Well, how old does this thing look? Like, has it been here for um, a month? Has it been here for... Two decades. The corpse looks like years. Um, I can do uh, you know, life science check. I guess. Yeah, I can. I can just tell you that it's okay. you know, it's nearly skeletal, so it's been there a long time. You know, with, just by looking at, it, I think anyone would be able to tell that. Was Was there another body down here? Or was that in the other dust pile? Yeah, there. There's been a, a couple. That one you found previously was to the north, right underneath the sniper's perch up on the higher ridge. Right now you guys are on like the southern ridge where you found this cold iron shrapnel pile along along with dust and rocks and things here. It seems like all over this rock it has accumulated with the very, very slight air movement that is on the, the asteroid, the slight atmosphere and the microgravity, the, the low gravity. It just makes me wonder if there is some connection between Quindar conglomerate and the cult. If they're both here or have both been here. Yeah. I mean, I think what we've seen is very leading 
or you know at least at least leads me to believe that uh, astral connections and uh, Quindar the cult and Quindar extractions. No, it's astral connect. It's actual connections. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, you're, thinking the, you're, you're, you're thinking of the hard Scrabble connection. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, but I, I think they're all. I think it does seem like they are all connected in some way. So uh, we just kind of have to figure out you know, what group played what role and whatever they're trying to do. All right. So are, are you guys ready to continue on? Yes. Well, Elytra has a question for Raimi. Did, did you know all this time when we were dealing with astral extractions that Quindar, your family business was, was involved with that corporation? No, this is, this, like I said, this is brand new to me. I'm not shocked at this revelation, but this is not something that I knew prior. Are you guys ready to keep exploring? Yes. Yep. Let's go. For sure. All right. So basically on the southern ridge where you've dropped down, you can either go back towards the ship or continue on exploring the valley to the, the west. I imagine you're going to head west. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We can just go back to the ship and leave? Yeah, you can. I mean, that sounds pretty good. It does sound pretty <laughs> enticing. I mean, giant hell beast or go home. Oh, I don't I, know. I, actually, I think you hear uh, a bum fuzzle and cattywampus calling. Uh, they need some help with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess we'll go west. <laughs> right. So it eventually bottoms out here, the, this little part of the ravine, and starts climbing up again. And it looks like you can you can head towards the north where there's a large, what looks like rocky outcropping, like maybe a cavern, or continue going west, southwest, and explore kind of what looks like a, a dead end, a, a large cul-de-sac of, of steep cliff faces. Uh, which way would you like to go? Maybe we should go and check out the cul-de-sac. Yeah, I bet there's some sweet houses up on the cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, besides that point, I do believe checking out what seems like a dead end do a, like we can do a quick perception and figure out if there's anything important over there and then move on. Yeah. I mean, it, wouldn't, yeah. it, wouldn't it be a great place to put a sniper to guard your cave entrance? Always looking for that angle, Nack. I love it. Let's do it. Alrighty, so continue walking. You get within 60 feet. You <laughs> see right there. <laughs> wait, are you not going along, Ramy? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I'm gonna stay right here. I just oh, hold on. Okay, we got a whole metagamey. Yeah, I was about to say, we got to talk about this because in roll 20, Patrick was clearly measuring distance. And all of a sudden, everybody was moving their icon and then everybody pulled up short. (laughs) I I was measuring 60 feet, which is most of your dark vision to make sure that you had to get within a certain range to be able to see whatever is here in this cul-de-sac. I do it all the time, but I uh, don't trust you. Simply, I cover up the the map when I do it. Okay, so you guys move around this corner, and you are once you get within your dark vision. This is what you see. Hey, take a look at that. What is, what's that? Are those it's, corpses? It's not fun. Exactly. Yes, a number of them. Right. So in the clearing here, the the barren corner of this asteroid, you see a stony mound, and heaped upon it, like refuse, are dozens of corpses. And as you go up and ex- inspect them all. They range from days old to showing months and months of decay. It is a chilling graveyard and it it just appears to be completely filled with bodies. Are they all humanoid? Um, are they all of one kind of race or? It doesn't seem like it. You do see a few races besides human. If anyone does have a, a medicine check, examine them closer. Go right ahead. I will. Uh, 20. Okay, so yeah, you look 
ant. These these bodies, and uh, like I said, you can tell that they vary at the the time of their their death. But you also inspecting the wounds can tell that they all seem to be killed in a fairly ritualistic and precise methodology. Uh, mo, and besides uh, a very large killing blow, uh, they're they seem to be flayed in, in certain places and implanted with something underneath their their skin after death. Hmm. Uh, can I can I extract one of those devices out and examine it? It is not a device you find inside the remains of what looks like an egg sack. Ooh. And I back away from the from the bodies. <laughs> as uh, as Ramy as you come over and see Andis, you know, pulling out these these leathery sacks, you know, about the size of a maybe a crocodile egg. You can tell that these uh, does no one know what a crocodile egg looks like? No. Is that, is that only me? Oh, it's larger than a chicken egg. It's smaller than an ostrich egg. So it's somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, and the more, the more you know. As, as you see those, Raimi, uh, you can tell that those are scree sire eggs. Ew. Uh, Andis, you might want to let go of those. Those are, uh, yeah. <laughs> those are scree sire well, eggs. They, yeah, they are seem all, good. They're all broken. The membrane on all of them has been broken. Huh. So then, so then, is there a uh, is there an exit wound on any of these bodies? It um, looks like they they kind of made a wound when they implanted it in there, mm-hmm. and it, it might have come what right up. out. I see. I see. So so for every dead body, that could be one scree sire. Is that what I'm hearing? It it doesn't seem like like maybe you find the broken eggs that that seem to still have remnants of a scree sire inside. It doesn't seem like every single one of them matured or is able to be born from, from the corpse, but it, there, there are a number of them that, uh, that you do find. So do you, do you guys want to look through all these bodies? Is uh, that what I, I actually have a question before yeah. we, we go further. This is probably a simple answer, but do we see cultist markings on these bodies? Like cultist uh, you, uniforms, cultist emblems? Yeah. So looking among them, if you do, I mean, they, they are indeed stacked like firewood, so you'd have to kind of you know take some off the the top of the, the the pile to to get down further. But you find just there at the top, cultist acolyte robes, like the uh, first corpse you found here on the rock, those of the cult of the devourers initiates. But you also see some wearing destroyed spacesuits and on them symbols of astral extractions. So it sounds like this is an enemy of not only us. And outsiders, but the cultists too. I mean, they're they're suffering at the hands mm. of the scree sire, just like anybody else. Mm. I mean, if if we see these wounds though as ritualistic, then I wouldn't be surprised if the cult actually gave their acolytes to the scree sire in an attempt to try and birth something of power. These acolytes could just be—they could have willingly done this. And yeah, I mean, that, I'm with I'm with Edris here because I mean, you saw how quickly they dumped Rakawi. And how messed up she was until she kind of got deprogrammed. So it's it's very possible that they could have done this willingly. So the and few I, rumors that you guys have figured out about the the cult of the devourer are yeah they they worship death. So things you might have heard from other planets that have, have had hostage situations or had attacks. They are not unwilling to to kill themselves uh, if it means they achieve their goals. So they. They're, they're pretty callous with the, the use of their own lives. I I think we should search this pile of dead cultists and 
see if there's anything useful here before we move on. That's a good idea. Right. So who who's doing it? Who's uh, taking these these bodies and? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go through the bodies and. Rami is not. <laughs> yeah, Lindra's gonna step back a, a bit. Andis is gonna stand guard with Rami. Oh, oh, good! All these great volunteers. No, no problem. <laughs> it looks like it's just you and Nack. <laughs> I'll go through it with you. I'm wondering if we need to, uh, if there are any intact uh, cultist robes, we might be able to use that to to aid us if we sneak in, find their compound, and need to get in there, and maybe uh, well, that disguise won't last too long. But it might help yeah, us get at least a, a turn or two out of it. Not a bad idea. Right. So it is pretty, pretty horrific work. Carefully taking these these bodies and, and laying them down. Uh, very easy in the low gravity, but just gory, bloody work. And it takes the, the better part of an hour for, for both of you to peel the corpses, the remains from, from one another. And why don't you both give me a perception check? It draws some, ooh, knack. It's a uh, 18 on the die, 28. Yeah, don't worry about that, Tyler. I think we got it with 28. <laughs> you find very few items on the these corpses, but what seems to be left on, on one of the, the cultists, you find an onyx and ruby ankle bracelet, easily worth over a thousand credits. And you also find in a small pocket of, uh, of valuables sewn into the, the robes of one of initiates, a pair of gloves of storing and a collection of cred sticks that in total equal 1,000 credits. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so do you want to continue on to the, these cavern tiers? Oh, do we do we want to try to get any cultist robes or is that a dumb idea? They are they are really not in great shape. Uh, Decayed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should, yeah. Should, should we light these bodies on fire? I was just not- wondering that. It, can I light myself on fire and run into the pile and... <laughs> Or, uh, <laughs> a proper burial. Or entrance as a flame doshko that doesn't involve you. Larian funeral. So, no, you cannot Solaris to, to turn them on fire, but you also just can't really catch a great flame here on the rock because it is very, very thin atmosphere. There's hardly any oxygen. If you get out of your suit, you can breathe, but it hurts. It's not comfortable to, uh, to breathe in this atmosphere. So, not a lot that can catch a flame. Uh, where to next, guys? To the cavern. That's, yeah. Already. Uh, right. So you, as you continue north, do you see this rocky outcropping again at almost the center of the valley? And the rock here juts up at steep angles and forms these slanted tunnels beneath the, the rock formations. The, the silvery gray dust that seems to cover everywhere on this rock is especially thick here. It seems to have collected in this cavern, collecting in the, the folds of, of the rocks as you kind of get to the entrance here, uh, making this entire area difficult terrain. Who is going in first? The the cavern entrance here is pretty short and not very wide. It's, what is your guys' marching order? Adras first. Adras, yeah, Adras will lead. Mm-hmm. And then Alendra. Then Andis. Then Nack. Then Raimi. E-A-A-G-E-R is the, the, uh, the walking order, if, if I have my, my names right. Is that correct? Jaeger. Yeah. Uh, right. It's a, a fairly small cavern, about 40 by by 20 feet in a semicircle. And as you're walking, you're just kicking up big piles of dust. What do you guys want to do? I wouldn't mind doing a general perception check on the area. Why doesn't everybody make me a perception check? Okie dokie. I'm just making a note here for myself uh, for when I'm editing this episode to go ahead and get that sound effect when the, the predator is, is stalking everyone in the movie. It's, you know, that, that weird clicking noise he makes. 
Alrighty, so you guys have rolled some perception here, and as you are searching through the, these piles, looking around this cavern, eddies form in the thin layer of dust at your feet. It looks like only a few of you can see Alindra and Andis, the serpentine figures making their way through the the dust underneath you. And it's at that time, several small figures jump out, kind of fly, flap in the air, sending dust flying everywhere. We're in combat, and it's initiative time. Let's do it. Game over, man. Game over. Okay, so. The way you described that was like the in the, in Star Wars and the trash compactor. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah, the, this ash is like up to your, your ankles. Okay, I rolled really, really low as these things are, are jumping out at you. Alindra, you may make a movement or a standard action in this prize round. You see these things about to jump out. What would you like to do? Oh, I am pulling out my solar weapon. Okay. And Andis, same question. Would they have cover being underneath the dirt? Bef- yes, before they, they jump out, uh, which mm-hmm. is right now. Uh, and so, and I, and I also wouldn't be able to actually see them yet? Uh, no, you, you can see them. You can see where they're okay. maybe a few spikes sticking out of the dust. Sure, then I'm just going to go ahead and target, let's say, this one right here next to Edris, kind of in the northeast. Yeah, they, they've kind of got you surrounded. Seems like they were yeah. <clears throat> laying in wait. Let me just show you real quick what these guys look like as they jump out at you. They look like a ah! amalgamation of a bat and like a monkey. They've got these wicked leathery wings with sharp claws attached and a razor sharp tail that flows behind them with with these oh. same same sharp little spikes. Oh my god, they're cute as heck. <laughs> cute as a button. Cute? <laughs> I... Edris wants one desperately as a pet. He's going to name it Mr. McScruffins. No, he's not. <laughs> Mr. McScreechins. And, uh, yeah, they, they come out, do some attackies. Oh, we've got oh. some pretty good rolls on attack All for right. these guys. So, Knack, one jumps out at you, and I've rolled a 15 on the dice. That is a hit because you are flat-footed. You, you did not see this thing kind of skulking up behind you. It flaps up a few feet into the air and just lays its its bite into your shoulder and it does six points of damage and next believe it or not this is not a crit on Alindra this is a a natural 20 on Edros yay (laughs) not too bad at all but this thing jumps up and with its two leathery wings just start slashing at you. Both roll three damage. So that is 14 points of damage as it just tears up the front of your, your suit of armor. And going around here, I've rolled an 18 against Alindra. So this one comes down and bites you for max damage. Eight points of piercing damage as it bites. And finally, Raimi. Raimi gets in. How often do we see that? That's a 19 on the dice. And also max damage, eight points. Classic, classic turn. And that takes us to top of the order. Natural 20 on initiative roll is Edros, Tyler. Woohoo! I'm gonna take a guarded step and I'm gonna, you know, pull out the curved blade and have at this thing with the curved blade. What kind of knowledge check, actually, before I do, what kind of knowledge check would it be to try to identify this thing? I believe it is gonna be mysticism. But we've already rolled for a Scree Sire. Raimi already knows. Yeah, these are Screelings. These are baby Scree Sires that are are attacking you. More than likely, the ones that popped out of those corpses you just found. Oh, man. I mean, I wish Edris had, like, a leash and a collar and 
But unfortunately, he'll have to settle for the curved blade instead. Here we go. Oh, that's going to be a 26. That's a hit. That's going to be 20 points of damage. All right. It, you can already tell it's not taking that much damage. Things also have that damage reduction against everything except cold iron weapons. So, mm-hmm. uh, But still, 20 is a lot of damage. <laughs> and next in the turn order is Alindra. Okay, can I take a guarded step to the right? Yep, yep. So you also want to move move a little bit away? Yeah, just to get out of the way of the of the ranged guys. Um, and I'm going to use my solar weapon to hit the one to the southeast. Alrighty. Uh, so that's a 21 to attack. That is a hit. Awesome. And that will well be done. 17 damage. All right, because you are, you are a two. Yeah. Got it. So once again, you stab into this thing. It's leathery hide somehow. Just it's not cutting as deep as you normally would with with your weapon. Andis one four seven. Andis is going to take a guarded step to the south to try to get a little better shot on this one that is next to Edris, mm-hmm. and is going to take a shot with the with ye old laser rifle. Uh, Twenty four to hit. Uh, that's a hit. All right. Uh, Fourteen points of damage. Oh boy. Nice. Right. So a couple hits on that one. Ooh, it's not looking good. Nax is rack. So I'm going to take a guarded step uh, right here. This is the guarded step fights. <laughs> no one wants to be next to these things. Uh, and I am going to cast get him on the one that Edris is currently attacking. Okay. All right. Yeah, we, we've picked a target, it seems like. It's okay because it is their turn. And it looks like this one is the one that's on Raimi. It's going to. It's actually going to uh, move past you, Edros. It just flies right through the middle of of all of you uh, to the backside of Alindra. So actually, Alindra and Edros, if you want to make your reaction attack, you can. This one is kind of Will. flapping over your head. Will do. Can I, yeah. Can I just use my solar weapon? Yep. That's what whatever melee weapon you've got. Awesome. Alrighty. So you got 18 and 20. Those are both hits. 17 points of damage for Edros. 14 for me. Uh, I think you mean 15. 15, (laughs) All right, so that one's taken some damage. And this other one is the one that was attacking Knack, I believe. It's also going to go and move next to its friend that is flanking Edros. And yeah, it seems like they just, from either direction on Edros and Alindra, are attacking. Mm-hmm. Edros, your KAC these days? Uh, these days, I believe it's hovering around a 23. Okay, so that first one missed. Alindra, this, this one that moved and just got hit, is so thrown off balance, it misses as well. And both of the ones that are, are sticking to you both and have already got a hit in are going to uh, double attack. I can some more 20s and get this going. 13, there we go, 19 on Edraw. So that one is just going to be a hit, I think. Just about for seven points of damage, Tyler. And the the one, mm-hmm. I was just going to make sure this is just kinetic damage, right? It is indeed, yeah. So they're, they're trying to scratch you up and Barely breaking your scales. <laughs> yeah, my, my DR is applying. Yeah, and this one is going to try and attack Alindra. Alindra, what's your KAC? 21. Oh, boy. All right, so I rolled poorly, very poorly, <laughs> even with this one flanking. Those are two misses, and that takes us to Raimi. Bottom of the turn order. Roll the one on initiative. We did not forget about you. <laughs> so uh, Raimi is going to attack the... The creature right below Alindra, the one that's flanking her. Okay. Mm, yeah. Whoa. Oh, laser rifle. Gotcha. 23. 
I hit. All right. It's the first time I've hit with my new laser rifle. Oh, boy. My Corona. So I get 2d6. Mm-hmm. All the regular bonuses for your level. So that's six and two. So plus five, that's 13. 13. Okay, so this is a one that Alindra effect. And that takes us to turn two with a dross. Okay, uh, I've got, oh boy, I've got about, I've got some bad mamajamas. Do I guarded? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think if I should guard step out of the flank or if I should just go for it. Um... I, I tell you what you're gonna do. You're gonna make a decision in the next five seconds. Go! Follow your heart, Tyler. Uh, I'm gonna take a guarded step out of the flanking situation. Okay, and, and make that single attack against the, the first one that you attack. Will do. Curved blade, don't fail me now. Snickersnack. 21? That's a hit. Ooh, that's gonna be max damage. 21? <laughs> yeah, 21 and a 21, okay. Uh, right, so that is good. That is, that is a lot. This one, not looking great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say that because you've killed it. <laughs> I've, yes! I've, just finished, I've just finished doing the math. So that, that one falls to the ground. Oh, no, my future pets. I'm so sorry. I only meant to wound you slightly. Oh, I've done a terrible thing. I don't, I don't think anyone's missed yet. Uh, Alindra, you're next. All right. I'm going to take a guarded step back um, so that okay. I'm not flanked by these guys anymore. And I am actually fully photon attuned. Mm, yeah. Yeah, turn so three, right? So I'd like right? to use my supernova ability. Okay, yeah, so you got a couple of them in your reach. It's been a while since we had a supernova. Do you go over that yeah. again? Uh, so supernova, as you are fully attuned, as a standard action, you deal 1d6 fire damage plus 1d6 fire damage per solarian level to all creatures within 10 feet of you, and that's that's fire damage. They get a reflex save, but... Uh, for half, but it's still still a goody amount. So that is going to be five d six. Both of these five d six. Oh, okay. At at level five, yeah. Or no, wait, wait 66. 66. Yeah, yeah, I can do math. Yeah. I can do very very simple math. I'm going to go roll a reflex save for both of them. They have bad reflex. <laughs> uh, I've rolled a sixteen, so that one does pass, and a six. That one fails. The one that you were fighting, yeah, just takes a full blast of this this fire damage. Go ahead and roll roll sixty six. Okay. Mm, okay. That minimum damage. <laughs> it's real low. So that's sixteen points of damage. Yeah, I got a couple high D six in there, a couple low, so that's kind of average. Alrighty, so you blast that one. So 16 points of damage. The one to the, the north that had run through all of you guys, not dead yet, but you blast with a, a stellar wave of solar energy. The one that you had sliced up first, and it falls to the ground in cinders. It is dead. Woo-hoo. Well done. Nice. Nice. But yeah, that one, that one also took eight damage. Already, next in the turn order is Andis, 147. I'm going to choose a new target. It's going to be this remaining one next to Alindra. And I'm tracking that as a move. And then I'm taking a shot with ye old Corona laser rifle. Oh, no. Hey, guys, guess what we get to do today? <laughs> we get to do every... This is a, this is a brand new thing for the podcast. Uh, it's called a critical fail. Uh, Patrick, do I get to confirm that? Uh, so the, the confirmation would be if your bonuses still hit it, it won't be a critical fail. They have more than an EAC of 11. So the crit right. fail goes through. Crit fail goes through. Shocked. I'm Shocking. Roll it, Shocking, roll it absolutely. Randomly, the sha- uh, this is from 
made by First Chaos. It's called Ricochet, and it bounces. The shot bounces off what it hits, whether it misses or the opponent's armor is too strong. It, it, me, uh, these guys don't have armor, so <laughs> you miss. You hit the, the rock behind it, and it's going to hit a random person in this room. <laughs> random, oh, random thing. So we're going to see if that's an ally, an enemy, a bystander, or it could hit you. <laughs> God. Could hit you. Mm-hmm. There are seven people still up in this fight. Uh, I think you can do this in roll 20. Do you want to uh, yeah. roll me a 1d7? Jabert? All right. All right. Let's do this. I can't believe this has happened. I mean, you very well can still hit Nine. the enemy, which makes this a very, very good critical. Of course, yeah, that's you a don't. three. That's a of three. Course. Who does that hit? <laughs> You're standing right next to him. It hits Nack, of course, right? Oh, in the <laughs> oh sorry, Nack. Lamiel <laughs> <laughs> Shlamazel. You've hit Knack square in the back for 15 points of damage. Oh, that's oh, twice no. the damage these things oh. do. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's the danger, guys. Okay, that was, wow. you, you You did track, so that is your turn, but that brings us to Axe's wreck. Knack uh, gives Andis a foul look. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he casts Get Him on to the one that... Uh, Alindra is still menacing. Yep, and the one that she's nearly killed. And he's going to whip out his new Corona laser pistol and take a shot with it. So that, I don't think I have that That's set not, up right. You rolled a four on the, the D20, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a miss. I'm going to tell you, yeah, probably going probably gonna to be a miss. I don't hit the, any one of my uh, teammates, do I? I just miss completely. I don't like hit Andis in the back of the head or anything like that. One. No, it's not a one, not a natural one. Uh, th- this one seems to be focused on a dross that you're standing next to. Does not take its reaction attack against you because uh, on its turn, it's just gonna it's gonna keep moving towards a dross. This one that's nearly been killed by Alindra is going to try and move to flank with its broodmate. And Alindra, you can make an attack of opportunity. Awesome. Please miss. It's a 16 oh, no. to attack. Oh no, what have I done? That That is a hit. Whoa. Uh, yeah, how much damage is that? 13? <laughs> 14? Okay. No, 13, because I'm not attuned anymore. That is enough, even with damage reduction, you guys are dropping these things. It is dead. Oh. Um, oh. This one next to Adros is gonna make its, its single attack. Ooh, boy. Oh, oh no! Oh good. Natural one. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, these guys, what I call fodder for you to destroy. They are uh, a couple level lower than you guys. I'm not rolling for this thing because it's probably going to die in like a turn. Uh, mm-hmm. Alrighty, so three down, one still to go. Raimi, it is your turn. All right, so I am going to attack with my laser rifle again. That is a 19. Already, even though it, you are shooting <laughs> right over the head of Nax Zizrak. Giving it a, a, a plus four bonus. That is a hit. All right. So 2d6. Let's do it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wah, so, wah. <laughs> a total of seven damage. Minimum damage. Oakley dokley. And we're back to the top of the turn order. Turn three with Edros. Yeah. So, I mean, Edros has seen that we, we've dropped most of these little, these really cute little guys. Uh, he feels a little bad, but he does want to experiment with the cold iron we found. So he's going to take a guarded step to just bring out that club that you basically mm-hmm. said we got of this it's, cold iron. It, yeah, it's a giant jagged piece 
of cold iron, you know, yeah. probably like the size of a baseball bat. Yeah, and so uh, he's going to just swing with it and uh, see how it does. So you, you said I don't get my level to damage, and it's a 1d6 damage if I hit, right? Correct. Okay, so let's roll that d20. Oh, not a good start. I've rolled a 4. Uh, plus 10 is 14. Yeah, that is, I think, just just a miss because you were going against its KAC it's the with one, that is, weapon. Is that the one that has get him out or the one that has get him out of die? I think it had died. I died, I yeah. Unfortunately, that that's a miss. So Of course it is. Never leaved me, nice curved blade that doesn't take minuses. <laughs> yeah, and also just roll better than four and you're probably going to hit these guys. Alindra! Rebecca, yeah, Alindra is intrigued by this cold iron stuff too, um, and she's going to move up here to flank with Adras, um, and I'm moving Ooh. toward photon attunement, and I'm going to pull out that cold iron club that I have stowed away while I'm doing that. Okay, you you want to just beat this thing with the its only weakness? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've rolled a twelve on the dice, and with your bonuses, that is going to be a hit. So roll a, a d6 and add your strength bonus, which I believe is five. So d6, four plus, yeah, five. Okay, so that is a hit. You bring this down on this thing's head and it just rips through its its leathery wings like they are paper and it takes all of that damage. So it takes nine full damage. Looking, looking pretty weak, still up, still dangerous though. And that is your turn bringing us to Andis. Andis is going to go ahead and take a move over to the edge of the cavern mm-hmm. to get a clear, clear, clear line of sight. Yeah. Clear line of sh- sight here. And yes. So that'll be a 20 to hit. That's a hit. All right. That'll be 10 points of damage. All righty. Yep. It's it's still up and it is next turn. Next is right. Um, do I take a negative from my position to fire with Alindra in that position? That is correct. Okay. You can, you can take right a guarded step if you want, or yeah, just move in front of Andis and have a completely clear shot. Um, I'm going to guarded step, and I'm going to get him to this one last guy, and that's it. That's all I can do. <laughs> okay. So you're going to help everyone else hit it, and it's got a couple of targets. It looks around, and not very smart, these screeling, so it's just going to keep attacking Edros do a couple attacks against him. And I'm going to need to roll pretty high to hit. Both of those miss. It's so thrown off by getting clubbed with uh, with cold iron. Maybe the first time this creature has tasted real pain in its, its short life. So it it misses completely. And we're back to Raimi, bottom of the turn order. All right. So Raimi's going to fire again with his trusty laser rifle. All right. That's 21. That is a hit. 2d6. Oh, making up for last time. Yeah, so that's 11 plus 5, 16 points of damage. All right, you drill a hole right through its head, and it's dead. We're out of combat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I feel awful. What have we done? Are we monsters? (laughs) These things are adorable. Andis puts their uh, arm up on Edris's shoulders and says, we are but people. <laughs> I mean, I walks I, away. I know just walks away. All right, oh, okay. later, gang. And just walks away, patting, patting themselves on the back, saying, I think I crushed that. <laughs> uh, so now that we are out of combat, uh, is there anything interesting in this room that we uh, were distracted from seeing because of fighting little flying bat things? Yes. Search the room. Yeah, make make me a perception check, everyone. I will. Come on. Yay, at least Alindra saw something. <laughs> I got you covered. 
Thanks. Thanks. I'm too busy patting Edris on the back. <laughs> oh, boy. 25. I'm thrown off by Anda shooting me in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So, Sorry about that. <laughs> I think I think uh, both uh, Alindra and Rami, you come across more corpses. These look fairly fresh, and they're, they are not human as you brush the, the dust away from their, their bodies. You can see they're in spacesuits, and they have pallid gray skin. They look like three Sarcesians, these these large asteroid hopping aliens, just like the sniper that that attacked you a few hours before. Hmm. Cultist marks? But they they do not. No, they they all look to have the the same armor that uh, Yex was wearing. Doesn't seem yeah. Doesn't seem like they were cultists. Do they have any of the logos from Astral Extractions or Quindar Industries? They do not. Do they have the same wounds that evidence the entry and exit of the Screelings? It yeah, it does seem actually as as you look them over that they were feasted upon by these these creatures. Ah, I see. I think these might be corpses that we should bury. Do they have anything on them? Like more diaries to read? I'm really into books. <laughs> um, no, no diaries, but they if you you know pick up the bodies underneath them. R-line weapons. Uh, you find advanced diasporan rifles, uh, so these long sniper rifles. Three tactical dueling swords, both of which you saw on Yex as well. And uh, each of them, you know, has a, a few cred sticks on them altogether, about forty-five hundred credits uh, in, in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it seems like they're pretty. That there are no books, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they seem pretty well equipped. Uh, yeah. Can you describe the uh, diasporan advanced rifle? Uh, it is a sniper rifle, just like the one that tore through, I think, uh, Ramey and someone else uh, that, that Yex had. And yeah, it's a, a pretty mean and advanced rifle. It, it's got an extremely long range, a highly advanced technical scope. It, I believe, can only fire, uh, if memory serves, a single round per turn. And uh, I want to say the advanced has a clip of, of 10. But yeah, uh, you know, pretty basic sniper rifle. Uh, can I use that if I have long arm proficiency or is that a different class of what? Yeah, yeah sniper is its own class. Class, okay. you can use it. You will take a negative four to hit and you don't get to add your level, level. to yeah to the bonus because you're not proficient with that kind of weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Edris could use it okay, but the rest of us not so much. So being in a cavern, I we've been looking at the floor. Is there anything on the ceiling or on the walls? Of note? No, it just seems like the the jagged stones that poke out of the ground here formed the the cavern roof above you. It doesn't look like, you know, this was cut out. This is very much like a natural formation. Unfortunately, I don't find anything else. Uh, Is this counting as a 10-minute break, us doing all this stuff? You guys tell me when you want to take those breaks. If you you want to rest here, you can. I need one. So, yes, I would like to take one. I don't think I hit you that much, Drew. Are you sure? Uh, you know, you didn't hit me that much. Um, yeah. Andis did. <laughs> yeah. Drew, Drew, do, do you mind if I ask how much stamina you have? Uh, like, ha- ma- what your max stamina my is? My max stamina is thirty, and these That's little what? these little screelings hit me for six, and you hit me for fifteen. <laughs> I took out half of your stamina. Oh no. Ooh, yeah. Those crit oh, we, we have to fix these crit fails, Patrick. This can't go on. The podcast isn't going to survive these crit yeah, fails. I, I just want to also point out that keep in mind whose idea the crit fails were. Hmm. 
I mean, but probably like Gary Gygax 30 years ago. But to be to be honest, I was very excited to get these in use. And that is one of the best ones for you guys, because you could also still hit the the target <laughs> that you were you were trying to hit. Yeah, we were just unlucky. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean we? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. So who does want to use a resolve point? Who who I, does? I, want I to do. Knack is using a resolve point to get. To I'll use one. Anybody else? No. Okay. Nope. And you guys want to keep exploring the rock? I mean, uh, Dwayne Johnson has an excellent career that I would love to explore. Mm-hmm. Exiting out of the cavern, you can continue on towards the west, and you hit another cliff face, the large overhanging, uh, creating what looks like a almost another cave, just bathed in darkness here. Guys, if I was going to make a base, I'd put it in a cave like this. Yeah, we said Patrick. That, we said that last time, though. <laughs> well, I know, I know, but this time I mean it for real. Patrick, <laughs> does this look like, like the kind of place I'd put a cave? Engineering check. I mean, it, it's not a cave itself, but it it's is. It's a 31. You have to tell me if I would. <laughs> okay. It, it is completely overgrown with the, the cliff face of, above it. So it's like a wide grotto. Um, uh, guys, I, like wouldn't a, put a, I wouldn't put a base in here. There, there is not like a, a single cave entrance, but it's like, you know, 50, 60 feet wide. And the, this overhanging cliff wall above it, there, there's a few misaligned pieces of sheer rock kind of hanging off of it. And there are a few places here where the space dust and debris have built up. And uh, that's kind of... I'll mark it on the map. It's kind of the areas where it's darker coloration. Uh, I suppose we should uh, spend some time looking through these areas that could potentially hide more bodies or uh, something useful. Yeah, I'd like to inspect this area to the west. I mean, you guys you guys can look around where you want. You have found something in almost every single one of these dust piles. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look I'm going to look around through the dust for a for a hatch to <laughs> down into a base. Right, so give me give me a perception check, everyone. There we go. Alrighty, some good ones. Andis, you don't see what looks like an entrance. Um, there's a, a large stony outcropping in the north in the northwest corner, an embankment, and as you turn around it, you see a, a dead body propped up against the, the side of the rock here. Mm. It's arm one bloody stump. Mm. Do you wanna investigate? Yeah, yeah. Does it look like a uh, like a like a clean cut? Does it look like that was like gnawed off of there. Yeah, if you want to give me a medicine check, you can. Yeah, let me do that. that. Uh, Twenty. Right. So yeah, it does look like it was indeed shorn off, bitten, perhaps. Mm-hmm. With the rest of your perceptions checks, it looks like. Um, what, what was the highest here, Ramy? You got a twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Knack did and, as well. Oh, knack too. Man, so good, you guys. Both of you, as, as you shuffle across. The room, the the dust swirls beneath your space boots, and you hear a clank as, as your boots goes from stone to metal, and and find a large mechanical door built into the the ground with you know piston actuators to hey, open it up. Hey, Andis, uh, I think we found. Oh, that- there's a hatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna like John lock this hatch like so hard. <laughs> just start, I'm just gonna live here peeling it up. All right, and before we do that though. Uh, Lindra, why don't you why don't you go ahead and uh, give me a willpower save? Just a random willpower save. Uh, oh no! Oh, oh good. No. Oh, oh good. It just it gets in your head that you want to walk up this rocky embankment, and it just kind of takes over your entire train of thought. The rest of the party seem to be intent on figuring out this door, but yeah, you, you get the idea to to step up up here. Sh- Do I get you. the idea to tell my party that I'm going this way? No, no. You just want to keep it to yourself. You're you, something tells you that there is 
indeed something up there. And as you step up the embankment, you see this slurry. It looks like a, a liquid pool mixed with ash and, and sludge. It's a, a pallid green color. Alindra, you can give me a very important perception check as you step up to the ridge. Oh, the DC to to see what you're about to see exactly 29. So you are not flat footed. You see swirling beneath this the slurry a what looks like a skull, but a huge you know, skull with black eyes, and as it reaches forward, hell, this is a living creature. A massive scree sire jumps out of of the water here. We are in initiative turn order. I need everyone to roll initiative for me. Uh, Heavens. Please roll high. Heavens. (laughs) Murgatroyd. Oh, boy. Oh, Oh, jeez. Hey, uh, Rami, uh, Miles, you rolled better than you did in the first one. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, All right, so you guys have rolled up your initiative. No one <laughs> rolling very well here, unfortunately. I'm going to roll for the Scree Sire. I'm going to do it in front of you because this is a very important surprise round. Oh, that. Rolled a nine on the dice, and it indeed, you can see this, Alindra, from underneath the, this liquid, this pool. The tentacles reach up at you, and it does get the drop on you. It gets to attack first. Probably one of the most important attack rolls I'm gonna make up until this point on the show. What? 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 It cry. is going to make a combat maneuver. So I need your oh. KAC plus eight. You're going to grab town. So 29. 29. So high, right? How can I how can I possibly? Very important roll here. Thing's got a lot of bonuses. Gonna make that attack roll right now. One. What? Oh my god! Seriously? Oh my god! <laughs> yes! Yes! That's amazing! Oh! Oh! You guys are blessed by every single god that still exists in the Starfinder universe at this point. Um, By the light, I swear. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This has a very high bonus. That is still a critical miss. Yes! Yes! Oh my god. failure. Wow. So we know that it's so we know that it's uh, it's grab maneuver is not plus twenty (laughs) eight. Oh Uh, my! Right. So this this one actually (laughs) this this one makes a lot of sense and is uh, submitted by uh, our good friend Cody. Um, And it's called Why is it wet here? (laughs) (laughs) The the, the screechire is in a pool of sorts. Your melee attack misses the intended target as you slip on a dark and viscous liquid. <laughs> Slips in the pool that it's in. It gains the prone condition. That <gasps> not really going to affect it because it was already in the pool, but you know, swimming in the pool. But it also has to make a fortitude save or gain the dazed condition. Oh, I bet it's for. I bet it's fortitude. It's got to be huge. Low. Dazed though <laughs> is a it's pretty pretty rough condition. Yeah. yeah. Gives you, you you just can't act normally. So on this next turn, takes no no actions. It's still submerged in this pool. But um, so it's a, a fortitude save. I'm gonna look it up right now and tell you. Double ones, double ones. Wait. Oh, don't don't get greedy. Double ones. 
don't get greedy. I've set most of the DCs in our critical failure deck to be 10 plus your level or the, the CR of the creature. This is a CR 7 creature, so it's pretty difficult. Roll that. And I've rolled an 18, uh, so it's, it's fine, of course. Yeah. But yeah, guess what? Alindra, you may make a mover standard action because it is your turn in the surprise round. <laughs> Alindra, get the frog out of there. Okay, um, so Alindra says a quick prayer to Ibra and while doing that, um, moves 25 feet and pulls out her solar weapon to the east. It is going to get an attack of opportunity and it's, yeah, just going to try and slap one of the several tentacles that didn't grab onto you. It's going to try and hit you as you go. And of course, that one isn't a one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. So yeah, it slaps you on the back as you move. Does pretty, pretty small damage. 11 points of damage. <sighs> okay, that was a very tense <sighs> surprise round. And it could have been anyone, but uh, in the normal turn order. Knack, Sizrak, you go first. Uh, so I can't see this thing when it's behind the the wall, right? Uh, you hear Alindra maybe yelling, some splashing noises. But yeah, you don't see this creature. Uh, then I would like to hold my action. Okay. And it emerges from the pool, a massive creature, this, this scree sire. As I said before, it's got leathery wings, these two armed wings. It stands on a mass of tentacles uh, where where legs might be has a huge toothy maw, what looks kind of like a beak. Um, there are some avian things, uh, some avian elements to this creature with the, the leathery wings, full of spikes, and it is dripping this greenish goo as it steps up onto the embankment out of the liquid, and it takes a look around here and looks at the next closest person to it, Andis147. Can you give me a will save? I mean, I can. Oh, yep. Not my best one. Right, so that's a 10. Unfortunately, that is not enough. As it uh, comes out of the pool, yeah, you get this psychic, you know, scream in everyone else's head, but in yours, uh, you just hear its, like, dulcet tones uh, speaking in your ear and says, Come, come join me. You shall not be sacrificed. Seems like it wants you to step right towards it. Sounds legit. <laughs> how, how far can you move? Uh, 25 feet. That is its so. turn. You are next in the yeah. turn order. Actually, can I can I jump in and, and take my turn at this point? Uh, would you want to do it right after it got out of the pool? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can actually do that. So you, you've held your turn, and you see this thing in full glory. <laughs> so it steps out of the pool, and you hear it psychically scream in your head, and doesn't seem to do anything, doesn't seem to attack, but just kind of stands there and lets out a screech. Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, guys, pretty sure we should get it. Uh, and I also want to uh, quick draw my Corona uh, laser pistol and take a shot. And that is a three on the die, 10 for nothing. And that's a miss, unfortunately, but it is got get them on them now for the remainder of the turn. And and on their turn, Andis, yeah, you do move forward uh, yep. in front and, yeah, and I, I, I look up at it and I say, what is it you require? It is indeed. It seems to be bringing you under its control. It's enthrallment and it it looks right at you. Do you happen to speak Aklo? Oh my God, I do. Oh, geez, Tyler, calm, calm it down. <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah, it, it, it can speak a, a couple languages. You I hear speak it. Aklo. It's like mixed. It's part this ancient language and 
part common, uh, maybe with a, a thick accent in your ear as as it gets closer. Psychically, it says, The sacrifices tonight will help feed my children. I will feast on these, but you, you will not hurt me. Stay. <laughs> Stay. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, cool. All right, well, I'm going to go... Uh, Smoke a pack of cigarettes. I'll see you guys in a few hours. <laughs> Alindra Vallis. I'd like to hold my turn, and uh, Alindra looks unsure at Adros. Oh, boy. Oh, we got a Who lot. Is next? Yeah, he, he is next. Adros, what do you want to do? I know in the past I have cautioned not charging into combat. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, let's charge into some combat. I mean, is, well, is this thing still on the wall? Uh, it is up a embankment, uh, mm-hmm. a very short embankment, but you can, if you do want to charge towards it, you can get within range to attack. I am charging, and because I'm a level five soldier with the Blitz primary fighter, I take no minuses here as I just charge into this Screeshire with the curved blade going, making a swing. Ha-ha! Let's see, that's going to be a 19 against your KC. Uh, plus, get him, is 20. 20. Oh, gosh. This KC is exactly 20. Yes! Oh! Ooh, L- lucky neck shirt. Lucky neck shirt. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you wearing knack shirt right now? Oh, I'm wearing. I've I've got the vintage knack jersey on right now. It's uh... does that does that make you roll within one of hitting a target? So you better have an envoy in your party to give you <laughs> pretty much. All right. So what's that damage? Pretty much. That's going to be 18 points of damage. I'm sure you don't have any DRs, so that'll be fun. <laughs> it definitely has the same cold iron that can get through its damage reduction. So not taking as much damage as you normally would in swinging your massive curved blade. But that is still a good amount of damage. And Alindra, do you want to go next? Yes. Uh, so seeing Adras and uh, how brazen he's being with his charging, um, she moves into position and um, Stellar rushes at this thing so uh, what i was going to ask earlier about positioning is like in order to flank where exactly do i need to be or do i have any opportunity to flank from here so you guys will yeah you'll have to do some more positioning around this thing or let it get down off the rocks i think before you can really or both of you get up on the embankment to 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 get that uh flanking bonus in in full we should totally do that yeah, that's what I was going to suggest before, but... Yeah, so you have to... If on your next turn, if um, Edros can five-foot step over to his left, uh, that will be funky. Okay, so Perfect. if I move to this corner right here? Yes, to okay. kind of its backside. Um, okay. it, it's kind of focused on Edros, it seems. Okay, great. So I'm going to use... Um, I'm already photon. So I'm going to use Stellar Rush to charge at the enemy. Um, and I'm going to use a just a, a standard melee action at the end of that. So just, a melee attack. Yeah, just a melee attack. Yeah. Um, so that's a 28 oh boy. to hit, 29 to hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hit. yeah, baby. Jeez, um, so that'll be 17 points of damage. Okay, yeah, your blade sinks into this creature, you know, right into the base where one of these tentacles reaches into its body and it, you know, starts spasming all over the place. Oh boy, it took a lot of damage this turn. It's not over yet. Also, once again, hanging in the back, Raimi, ready to <laughs> to anchor this team. 
All right, so Raimi is gonna cast Caustic Conversion. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so I can I can let you make that attack roll because we wanna see what happens, especially if it's a one. It's 19. That's <laughs> a 20. <laughs> 20. Yeah, well, it's against its EAC and you coat this thing with a magical caustic coating of, of liquid. It doesn't seem to do anything against it whatsoever. Doesn't doesn't even seem to notice your attack. Oh. It's completely and utterly immune to acid. I wonder if it was just well, swimming in it. <laughs> well then, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit down. Get ready for turn number <laughs> two, because it's coming at you. <laughs> Remy starts walking back to the ship. Just <laughs> yeah, he's just dejected. It's like, it's like the end of the Incredible Hulk show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, so. Top of turn two, it's got a few targets in front of it, the Scree Sire. And it has a few capabilities here. It's unfortunately gonna try and do the exact same thing it just did to Alindra on, on one of one of the people in, in front of it here. Yeah, it's uh Tyler. Tyler, your mm-hmm. KAC yes. plus eight is 30? Is that right? You're gonna you're gonna be swinging at a 31, my friend. Okay, yeah. So it uh, wraps a tentacle around you, try and reposition. Natural oh, 20. No. Natural. No. <laughs> it's the opposite of what I rolled last time, guys. Oh no. Aren't you excited? So it is repositioning, and because it is a large creature, it gets to move you a little bit further, and it throws you right over its head, face down into a pool of liquid that immediately begins to burn and eat away at your armor, seeping into your spacesuit and burning your flesh. It is a giant pool of acid it was bathing in. And now's when the game gets real difficult because I don't think Tyler's got any, I think he's got any acid immunity. Is that correct? No, no. Did you not? Uh, I'm pretty sure Vesk, Vesk Prime is actually it's made of made acid. Of acid. <laughs> and so uh, Vesk have a racial trait, which is acid Ooh. immunity. Uh, no, I'm dead. Yeah. So be great. If, it's, if the acid splashes you, it's 2d6 damage. But you are submerged in the acid. It's a little yes, bit more. It is quite a bit more. Just a little bit. 10d6 yeah. damage. Yeah. I don't get any DR on this. No, so you're roiling in this acid bath for 32 points of damage. Uh, goes goes straight through, but not only that, it eats away at your curved blade, your weapon, mm-hmm. and your armor. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to do a little bit of math on that for the, the hardness and the hit points of those things. What is your armor's equipment level? What's the item level? It is a level five. Level five armor. So it's got it's got 15 hardness. So immediately 15 of that is kind of soaked up by the armor. It does take 17 points of damage, which gives it the broken condition as it uh, has 30, 30 hit points for, for level five piece of armor. So it's taken more than half of its hit points in damage and the curved blade, is that a level five as well? No, I believe the curved blade is... Uh, It's a level four. Okay, so that one only has hardness 13 and 27 hit points, so 19. It's broken as well, about, uh, I think, eight hit points left. Not a, not a ton. Uh, that is its entire turn, though, and that takes us to Naxxisrak. Uh, once again, gonna start out with, get him! 
Uh, and um, I'm gonna do what I can because I don't want to get too close to this thing and shoot it with my Corona laser pistol once again. You why don't you want to get close to it? Yeah, why get close to it? Why? Don't, why? Why? What? Why? What? Why? Why? I don't know. Maybe because I only have 32 points of anything. Uh, <laughs> 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 hashtag knack shirt. That's six, that's a 16 to hit. That's a miss. Blast it. Well, am I threatening? Could be a 17. <laughs> No, you're going for that. I, th I think you're pretty threatened right now. <laughs> Andis, it is your turn, and you, this thing is flailing around you. Uh, you're standing deathly still right in front of it, and you still hear these words in your ear. Psychically, it, it's saying into your head, Be calm, and you will not be sacrificed. Rise up against me, and you will die. Oh, is that a choice? <laughs> Not really, no. Later, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that it can't move out to where it can be flanked properly. Okay. Go ahead and Edros, you're on to you. You're bathing in acid fully on your turn. You can try and make a very important athletics check to swim out, get out of the pool. Make a climb check. Uh, yeah. I will, I will do so. I will, uh, I gotta say, I get a plus 10 to these. I'm totally hey. confident. Next sure. <laughs> Tw uh, 24. Right. So if you're just getting out as fast as possible, you can do that. You will get an attack of opportunity by the Scree Sire that is just kind of lording over you as it watches you in the pool. <laughs> Creeper. What is... Your, your flat-footed armor class, minus two. My flat-footed armor class would be a 21. Okay, so it has hit, and it, it brings down its its massive maul to bite into you. It's still, it's only, it's piercing damage, 1d8. So max damage, 17 points, as it tears into your leg as soon as you pull yourself out of this pool, because you've just bathed in its marinade of acid, and now it's got a taste. Ooh. Alindra Vallis. All right, relieved to see her comrade out of the pool of acid and enraged at the beast, she does a double attack. Uh, right, so Edros is up and uh, is holding a weapon. It is a broken, curved blade. He is, he is threatening, though, so this will count as flanking. Awesome. All right, so first attack, that's a, what, negative two? No. Does this have get him on it? It does. Okay, so minus one, is that right? Because I'm flanking the 16? That is a miss. Okay. Yeah, against KAC. So second attack. Is a 20. Go. That is a hit. Yes. Just, just a yeah. hit. Oh, yeah, KAC of 20. Every time. All right, and that's gonna be 16 points of damage. Okay. All right, it's still up. It is, oh boy, it's still got a lot of hit points. And it is Raimi's turn. Raimi is going to cast Magic Missile. Alrighty, on the screw start, go ahead and roll that damage. All right. All right, so plus seven, six is 12. 12 points of damage on this creature. The most All deadly right. sound effect I've ever heard. <laughs> no, it's great. The, vol it, the, the volume's way low. I think. <laughs> nah, it's fine. Okay, so that, uh, all three of those hit, and that He's brings dead. us to, <laughs> not even close, uh, brings us to turn three. On its turn, it really wants to do that again. But I think awesome. I think instead it's just going to try and make some tentacle attacks. One on each of you, Adros and Alindra, those who are doing damage to it. Ooh, misses Adros with a yes. three on the dice. 
And uh, another three. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys looked out this turn. Uh, those are both misses, uh, even with its, its massive, massive bonuses. But thankfully, that's not the only toy I've got to play with here, because obviously another combatant enters the fight. What? Flying down from the clifftop behind you is Yex, the Sarcesian sniper. Of course. Comes in back behind you guys and says, You cannot kill the master. Yex will stop you. And has his tactical dueling sword drawn. It's going to come right in on top of you, Raimi. Attack. What is your KAC, Miles? My KAC Mm -hmm. is uh, 18. Ah, that is just a hit. <laughs> I rolled an eight on the dice. So, all right. Ten points of damage. Uh, Yex slices into you. Max Israk. Hey, Dross, who else can say they took a bath in acid, buddy? Get back in this fight. Inspiring boost. 14 stamina back to Adros. Yay. And, of course, once again, get him to everybody's favorite scree sire. Thanks, buddy. It's been, it's been a really important get him in this fight so far. <laughs> Awesome. So that is your move and your standard. And yeah. And is up next and understands that it is important that he that they don't take any action against the Scree Sire. Has the Scree Sire commanded you to do anything not against the uh, with the dueling sword? That is a true fact. It has said not to hurt the Scree Sire. Mm-hmm another combatant on the, the battlefield at this point. And you can also, if you want, you can attack Knack. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, Wouldn't oh, be the oh, first that's a good point. time. Yeah. Yeah, then seeing this this uh, this winged beast approach, Andis uh, interprets that as attacking the Scree Sire and targets that. Yeah, this, this large winged Sarcesian. Yeah, yeah. And takes a shot and tries to punch a hole right in that goofball's wing. That'll be a 21 to hit. Against EAC, that is a hit. EAC. Yeah, uh, ten, 10 points of damage. Ouch, 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 ouch. Okay, so first. Uh, actually, it, it took damage from Raimi previously, so it already had a little bit of damage. Was not able to shore up. Uh, that brings us to Adros Varanus. Adros would say out loud, Alindra, I was totally wrong. <laughs> Never charge into battle, especially when there's a vat of acid. You should have told me about the vat of acid. <laughs> uh, so, briefly, I would like to talk about what we should do because we are in a flanking position, but he could if he throws me back into the vat of acid, which he does have a very high bonus to grab and he could easily do so. I am in deep trouble and I would love for us to get away from the vat of acid. <laughs> hey, not going to lie, that's a great idea. If it stays up on that ridge, though, and is able to reposition, you're going for a swim. You buy- I hope you brought your trunks. <laughs> I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to move mm. away. But I want to move. I'm going to move away in a very stupid manner because I want Alindra to be able to back straight up and then have the Scree Sire move towards us. So I'm going to move completely across its southern side and back up to uh, back up uh, about 20 feet away from it. 
This could provoke an attack of opportunity, but that's still better than getting thrown into a vat of acid, where the vat of acid is kind of symbolic of fondue, and I am symbolic of bread, and the screesire is symbolic of someone who is at a fondue place. Unfortunately, it moving past a couple of the the squares that it threatens with these super long tentacles is going to make an attack of opportunity with those tentacles on you, even though you are withdrawing. That is fine. It's definitely fine because it misses wildly. <laughs> so roll the I'm glad. on that die. <laughs> so you've withdrawn. That brings us back to Alindra. Okay, seeing what Adras has done, um, she follows suit and backs up a good ways. No no reaction for it to take. Okay. So it cannot attack. Um, so I'm going to use my laser pistol. The 15 to attack. So It's going to be a much. miss. Back to the bottom of the turn order with Raimi. All right, well, Raimi, Raimi's pissed. Yeah, hey, got this at, giant, giant Sarcesian on top of you. Yeah, so he's cast a magic missile. You know what okay. it is. Okay, so if you know it is on top of you, it is going to provoke an attack of opportunity from the sniper, from from Yex. Guard, you can just guard and step backwards, bro. Okay. I'll, it, I'll is pos- it is possible this thing will still be able to get you, even if you you move away. It is a, a large creature. You know, they're very tall. They've got a, a large reach with this, this blade. So it is up to you. I was going to throw out option three. You can move, take the possible attack of opportunity, and then cast anything you want outside of range. That's yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll I'll, uh, I'll move. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like you want out of this fight. Um, so I'm going to hop on over here. All right, so that does provoke. I rolled oh, a natural one. Oh, he's a, does he's that... a named character. He's a named character. Oh, boy. Not only that, <laughs> he is an equal CR with you all. So he's getting that crit no matter what. That's a melee. Yes. Crit fail. Only Woo. only a couple. Uh, right. So he steps forward. This was submitted. <laughs> so this was submitted by Ryan. It's called Rock in Your Boot. <laughs> As it steps forward to take a swing at you, Raimi, it stumbles, misses after putting all of its weight on a proking rock that somehow managed to get in its boot. It takes, you're going to love this, it takes one point of non-lethal damage. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, one one point of stamina damage, that matters. Not enough to knock it unconscious. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, you can cast whatever you want now. All right, now I'm going to cast Magic Missile. Yeah. So roll me those 2d4. Hey, that's pretty good. Okay, so that's 7 plus 4, 11. Already 11 points of damage. Wow, okay. So that is the second time you've hit him with Magic Missile. He's not too happy with you. And that takes takes us to turn 4 back to the Scree Sire at the top of the turn order. Its, Its delicious snacks have moved away. Pretty unhappy about that. It's going to move right towards Alindra. Oh, no. And it can make a single attack. It's going to come at you with a bite attack. Scree Sire. Lindra. 16 on the dice. That is a hit. Nearly max damage. 16 points of damage piercing. Lindra bites through your armor. And Yex on his turn is going to try and back Raimi into a corner here and, and keep attacking with its dueling tactical sword. Another another hit for Yex for eight points of damage on you, your character, Miles. If you kill Master, Yex cannot become Scree Sire himself. No! 
Uh, that is them. Knack, your turn. Now, once again, uh, get them on the Scree Sire. Already. Just because I have a feeling that the Scree Sire is going to, uh, if we take that down, it's going to take down Yex. Uh, but now that Yex has closed that gap to get to Raimi, he is in w- range of my Disintegrator Pistol, which I'm going to oh, draw yeah. and fire oh, yeah. at Yex. Mm. All right. Looking for EAC. So that's a 22 to hit. 17, that's a hit. Yes. And for seven damage. Nice. Okay. So, assuming I've done yeah, that math he, right. He's bloodied. He's not looking too well. He's taken five magic missile bolts and a couple of shots now. Not looking too good, the, the Sarcesian. Andus, 147. Andus uh, keeps the laser rifle trained on Yex and fires two shots. Alrighty. You are not in range. Ooh, not, not in range of the Scree Sire. What, what's that roll? So, sorry, sorry what, what, do, what do you mean? It can't make an attack of opportunity. Oh. It wouldn't, though. I'm his buddy. Because he <laughs> loves me. We are friends, Patrick. Okay, you know what? Me and the Scree Sire are going to live together. We're going to feast on the on the flesh of my enemies. <laughs> I really I hate to break this to you, but you, you wouldn't have been eaten tonight. But like <laughs> later in the week, you know, when it's feeling hungry, you're definitely a midnight snack. <laughs> the screen sire. I mean, five hours later, I'm Gonzies. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, that's a that's a 29 to hit. Oh yeah, that's a that's a hit. Yeah, yes. that'll be 15 points of damage. Second attack. That's Ooh. another oh, 25 oh, to hit. Another 15 points of damage. Only oh, two 19s in a row. Uh, both of these, because you are targeting this guy. Hit him right in the head. He goes down. I, yes. know, I, I cut off. I cut off his wings with the with the lasers. <laughs> oh, there's definitely some. He's got some Swiss cheese wings. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is down. He is out of this combat. I look at the. I look at the Scree Sire for like for for uh, ap- uh, approbation. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> did I do a good job? <laughs> um, unfortunately, Scree Sire's too busy eating right now. Aww. <laughs> Okay, well... No, no approval from Daddy. Uh, let's oh. go on to Edros Varanos. If Edros takes a guarded step towards one of its... To, like, the southern side of it, right there, would that be flanking? That is. So if you, you can draw a line between two sides of uh, the creature, uh, that, that counts as, as flanking, basically, from, like, a corner then, to a corner, so... Then I shall do so. I shall take that guarded step, and then, oh boy, while I am moving, does my broken curved blade take any minuses currently because of its condition? Yeah, so the broken condition, both your armor and your your weapon are, are broken right now. The broken weapon, if you make any attacks with it, it's minus two to attack and damage rolls and you can't deal extra critical hits and, oh. and, and effects. And the armor, the bonus your armor gives is halved, round, rounded down. So a lot less on the the armor. Um, well, Edris, as he's kind of moving, would look at his blade and he sees that there's just acid damage to it all over the place. And he's going to toss that aside because he's got a nasty chunk of cold iron and he's going to pull that out as he moves and he's going to make a d20 roll with it. Okay. That's going to be 19 to hit. Ooh. Uh, were, you, uh, were you adding in get him with that? Yes. Dang it. 
Are, are you adding in your flanking bonus? I was not adding in my flanking bonus. 21. 20, so you bring your club down. <laughs> the cold iron club, that is a D6 damage. That's a hit. All Just right. Hit. So because I'm a melee striker, I get my melee damage plus, uh, I, I get one and a half times my melee. So this is actually going to be a D6 plus seven. So nice. that's going to be 10 points of cold iron damage. Full damage, yeah. So it takes it all. He's he's a great deal hurt. You've slashed uh, him from a, a couple different directions. So he is, he's not liking that. It looks like he's, you know, he's he's hurting a great deal right now. Alindra, you are flanking with your friend, Edros. No way to get thrown in an acid bath right now. <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah, I'm going to do a double attack with my solar weapon. Yes! Um, so first try is a 26 <laughs> to hit. Yeah, that's, that's a hit. And that's nice. 19, 19 damage. Alrighty. Uh, ju- that was just one single attack? So All my right. second try will Gosh, be... nice. Oh, that's oh, a- no! Oh, oh, crap. No! Oh, no. Natural one. I am loving... Oh, I'm loving this episode so far. We've, we didn't we've, even plan uh, this. Rolled four <laughs> so much. H- hashtag neck shirt? <laughs> hashtag uh, shut up. <laughs> okay. Oh, here we, here we go. Here we go. Submitted by our good friend, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> JJJ. Oh, oh, Banana peel. Oh. Yeah, he has a really good grip fails. Thank you so much. Uh, your foot lands on a random object, maybe a loose rock here amongst the embankment, causing you to lose balance. Please make me a reflex save, Alindra. Alindra, watch your step. <gasps> Ooh, good one, Knack. Oh, wait, nice. 19 plus 2, so yep. 21. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that is that is enough. It was a DC 15, because yes. your level. Uh, so you don't fall prone, uh, right? So that, that's that's the only thing yes. that uh, is <laughs> a negative <laughs> in this crit fail. If you had, uh, everyone else that is around you laughs as it's so comical. <laughs> Uh, and must make a will save or gets the day's condition from life. <laughs> that's pretty uh, clever. That's good. Pretty that's really awful. good. That, I mean, that includes, that's all intelligent creatures. You could have, you know, made this scree sire chuckle before on the next turn it just bites you on the ground. So, no, no, uh, no hit there. We got one hit, one miss. Not that bad. These have been not that bad all over the place. Nice. You guys lucked out. And that takes us to Raimi. Raimi, you look across the cavern here and see Andis, who just drilled two holes right through this Arcesian. It's laying, you know, on the ground. You're you're freed up. What do you want to do? Uh, well, I give I give Andis a thumbs up, and I make I move a little bit st- uh, to step on top of my fallen foe. The body. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like crunch. And then I'm going to take a laser rifle shot at creature. All right, unobstructed shot. Scree Sire. Ugh, 11. A miss, unfortunately, but that's okay because it goes back to its turn. Scree Sire's turn. He's got a couple targets still, and he's going to take, I think he's going to take uh, one attack each. He's going to try a double attack, one on Andros, one on Alindra. So against a, ooh boy, not rolling great once he's been hit by that cold iron. That is a miss, just a miss. And against Edros, a 16, that's going to be a hit. And it's going to try and bite you again, Tyler. Take, take that out there. Ooh, boy. Uh, max damage. So 17 points of damage. And oh, I said bite. Okay, so doesn't get any extra effects here, but that is its turn. It doesn't have a lot of backup. Takes us to Knack. Your turn. Uh, of course. Get him. It works so well. 
and I'm going to ca- hit it with my Corona uh, laser pistol. All right. Or attempt to. And oh boy. Ooh, that was a two. <laughs> so close. Sweating. So close. Sweating, sweating. <laughs> Already back to Andis. One, four, seven. No, no more targets except the Scree Sire. What, what do you want to do? Uh, let's see. Andis. So, so I'm, I'm just going to go and stand beside my good buddy, the uh, Scree Sire. <laughs> All right. As you get close to it, you hear psychically it talking in about how it wants to flay the flesh from your friends and eat it up for supper. So I said, you got it, buddy. And I put up my hand to give it a high five. A tentacle wraps tentacle. around your hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it gives oh. you a high one. Oh, good. <laughs> it draws for honest. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I've got this cold iron lump of nothing. So, you know what? Let's double attack. Let's let's full attack. Let's go. First attack. Uh, that's going to be a 12 Plus, uh, no, let's see, plus 10 from all my bonuses, plus yeah. 2 and 1, so that's going to be a uh, plus 13 altogether, minus 4, so it's only actually going to be a plus 9. 21, that's going to be a hit, right? Yeah, that's a hit. Yes! Nice! All right, D6 plus 7. Oh, man, yes, baby! Nice! Boom! That's going to be 13 points of damage. Already. And, um, yep, still up. Go ahead and roll that second attack. Yeah. Second attack could really use a high roll here. Uh, Very similar. 11 plus 9 is 20 on the dot. That's it. That's all you need. Yes! Yes! D6. Oh, God. Minimum damage. <laughs> we're, we're, going, we're, playing, we're playing both sides of the coin, guys. Eight points of damage. Alrighty. It's still up. It's still very dangerous, but it is wobbling on a couple of tentacles back and forth. You see it losing a great deal of black, brackish blood from these cold iron hits. Alindra, it is your turn. All right, full attack. Number one. Boom! That is a natural 20, that's right! Oh, yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! That is a wound effect. <laughs> oh my god, so happy! Chop its head off, Alindra! <laughs> Go ahead. You, do you have the wound table up for your gluon crystal? I do, I do. All right, so I roll a d20 to find out what the wound effect is going to be. Yes. So I rolled a 14, which is a leg, so mobility. (laughs) So one of its tentacles, but not only do you bring that tentacle, you know, like up through its leg, the blow continues and gets launched right in the Screesire's face, going through the back of its head, because it is Fully dead. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh! Oh, that was so exciting! Oh, man! <laughs> what a time for a crit! Oh. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh. And, yeah, you needed all that damage, too, because uh, even with a negative five, it, uh, it still had a good amount of hit points left. That was just enough! <laughs> you know, wow. sometimes I wish we recorded video because my fists have been in the air for about three turns now. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, out of combat. Way to go, guys. Oh. Man, that combat went from like me feeling really bad to me feeling really great. That was, that was awesome. Man, I that's actually, that's Grease Iron was really great, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aren't as, you guys gonna miss it? Because I'm gonna miss. Can it. I can I uh, pull out my uh, my arc pistol and shoot Andis for non-lethal damage? <laughs> no. <laughs> as the scree sire 
Uh, its mental capacity is interrupted by Alindra's Solarian blade. Uh, the psychic connection it has uh, just seems to fade away. Antis, and suddenly you're not so crazy about this scree. <laughs> you're not on board, theme scree. <laughs> uh, I actually have a question about that, Patrick. <sighs> is uh, Yex our Sarcesian uh, fully dead, or is he just in a uh, downed state? So a- as you look over him, he looks like he has stabilized. Looks like he's not bleeding out any longer. And you know, just a moment later, he kind of opens his eyes and looks around very very groggy and says what's what's happening who, who are you people D- is he speaking common or Circesian? i mean D- does it matter does it matter um, yeah, but say do you speak Circesian? is that way <laughs> i do i do which is uh, why. he'll be speaking Circesian, yeah because he's, he's really out of it goes back to his mother tongue uh gentle friend we're we are here to to help you and i want to inspiring boost him to give him some stamina back right so yep he does <laughs> Sorry about that hole in your head. <laughs> Still has got a lot of damage. Yeah, his wings look uh, a little hurt, a little bent as he fell on them. I also couple laser, on him. <laughs> a couple laser blasts, a couple uh, magic missile dents in his forehead. Uh, he says, uh, my name is Yex, and I've been here so long under that thing's command. It's weight on my mind. It's like I'd forgotten how to breathe. Thank you all so much. You're, you're welcome, Yex, but uh, sorry, sorry to rough you up there, buddy, but... uh. Uh, and I hate to do this, but we... Andrus Andrus throws a canteen at him. Uh, he greedily drinks it up. Yeah, it seems seems like he might have been out here for a bit. Haha, ha, it worked for me. We we need some information. Uh, see, we're we're starfinders, and we're looking to to try to stop the the cult of the devourer that might be operating out of this rock. And wondered if you might give us a hand with that. Yeah, he kind of shakes his head. It's- I must make amends to my people. I went off on this fool's journey and left them. I owe you my life, Starfinders, and hope that I can repay the favor someday. Well, well, listen, we, you, you've been on a, quote, fool's journey, but guess what? You know, if you, if you help us out, we all make it out of this. We've got a system-wide communicator on our ship. We will let you use it to get in contact with your friends and family to, to get back to them. I know the Diaspora is a big place, and I know you guys like to fly around all over this, these rocks. But uh, we want to get you back to, to, to where you belong. But we're still going to need your help in the meantime. Do you agree to help us out? Is this team NPC time? Uh, (laughs) To convince him to join your party, plus one party member, I'm going to need you to make a DC 22 diplomacy check. 17, unless somebody can help me. Nope. Unfortunately, yeah, he just seems so hellbent. He, you know, looks up towards the stars and he seems to be pointing at something and he says, There. Up there is the rock that I left behind. The rock with everyone that I care about. I left there without a moment's notice and must now return. I do owe you my life, but I'll need to set things right up there first. Can he tell us where to go first before he leaves? I mean, she, Alindra where, says that to Nak. <laughs> where to go? Where, oh, he, oh he I mean, where, like where the cultists are. We're standing on top of their door. We just got interrupted ah, by yes. the, <laughs> the Screesire before we could get it open. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to, if you ask him about it, doesn't seem to know anything about the door, but does does want to take off. He seems, yeah, in, in a, a rushed hurry. Look, we would take any help he got. If he can bring any friends back, we would respect you forever. Um, yeah, he says, It's hard to believe that they wouldn't have already come looking for me. Regardless, I must go to them as they're sure to be worried sick. Thank you, Starfinder. Thank you for everything. And he hands you a, a scrap of paper. He scribbles some 
comm unit information to to get in contact with him and then unfurls his his wings his solar gossamer wings that spread out and catch the solar wind and he yeah picks himself up off the ground and, and flies into the air as he does so i close off communications with him and open communications with everybody in the team and says see this is the problem with sarcesians they no <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Those> species <laughs> uh right so he's gone scree has gone killed a lot of the babies uh we're out of combat and we've got this door this delightful door that uh, that really, seems to open into the ground. Really quick, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Does the Screesire have teeth that could be pulled? Uh, sure, you sicko. <laughs> you taking uh, some trophies? Yep, I've got one Rancroda tooth, and or no, I've got a Mountain Eel tooth, and now I'm going to have a, a Screesire tooth. Yeah, surprise, audience! It was uh, Edris was the predator the whole time, <laughs> making a necklace. Can I get a Can I get a, a Screesire tentacle scarf? I want one of those. <laughs> no, I don't think there's nothing you can make out of this gross creature. <laughs> yeah, it's an appalling aberration. Yeah, it, I don't know if you like acid drenched tentacle. Boy, oh boy, do I have the cuisine for you all. <laughs> yeah, but besides that, do you guys want to head on down? Uh, yeah, was there was there were there any other obvious features about the surface that we should check out or no? Okay, how how about a ten minute break? Uh, yep, yeah, I imagine <laughs> that's something you probably guys want to take. <laughs> yes. So you can rest up while you're you're talking to Yex as he departs, as you maybe check over your kit, and then as, as you gather back up, uh, so you're able to get this metallic lid up and over, and it leads down what looks like a mine shaft with a rickety old elevator that uh, that seems to go down into the core of k2904 Ramy, uh as you you know go up to the controls and dust it off you see the operations system boot up and it reads quindar mechanization and, and robotics co and you're able to very easily manipulate it to to get you guys moving heading downwards the elevator creaks and stutters but eventually stops at bedrock and uh you find yourself in a, a level terrain here in a dark, oppressive tunnel, complete darkness. You guys look down towards the end of it, the, the shaft here supported by metal concrete reinforcements. Are you stepping forward? Yep. Yeah. Pronk, yeah. Let's do it. It's not too far down this, this hallway where the tunnel ends and you're met with a small chamber. Uh, at one end, there's a large stone bulkhead illuminated by a single flickering electric light. Here you see a wide sliding metal door. Along its fringes, the heavy paint has flaked off and blood red rust shines through the the gray covering. The atmosphere seems uh, a little thicker. The oxygen pools near the door. So that is what you guys see. What would you like to do? Uh, take a look around, see if we can see anything obvious, like a control panel or anything like that. Hey, yo, Nick, what you roll? That was a 20 to make it a 30. Right. So not only do you see control panel on the opposite side of the door here, you also see what looks like a couple of vents hanging right uh, above the door and what looks like some wiring amongst it. The Telltale signs some sort of trap. It looks like maybe some kind of trap that might inject some gas out on whoever opens the door. Hmm. The DC, the perception check, 30. Oh, yeah, <laughs> baby. To perceive these minute 
Vince hanging above the door. Uh, can we tell if it's computer controlled or uh, the mechanizations? It, it, it looks like they're after Knack points it out to you, some kind of thermal proximity. Uh, you guys are standing about 15 feet away from this panel and it has not triggered yet. Hmm. Um, let me try to hack that remotely um, just to gain access and see if there's some some control here for the for the trap. Sure. If, if, you're, doing a, it, if you're doing it remotely, can that be assisted? Mm, I, don't, mm. I don't think I can allow that. Yeah, probably not. Not unless you want to go and trigger the trap. I don't. I don't. Okay, cool. Here we go. Whee! <sighs> 19. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, d- I'm, would I'm it, sorry. Would it trigger any countermeasures? It does. What, no, but... no, no. I get to make another check. Okay. Well, oh, 21. It definitely does as you are poking around in the computer system. It sets it off and a massive plume of spores uh, ejects from these vents. Uh, it looks like it's mainly hitting, you know, if you're standing right in front of the doors, but they spread out a full 30 feet in front of everybody except Raimi because he never stands with the rest of the <laughs> Oh, boy. And that's hilarious. As the cloud of spores is is racing towards you, they form these thick rivulets, these ripples in the, the thin atmosphere that spell out the words... To be continued in green gas, <laughs> and we'll we'll start next week with some very fun will saves, everybody. Except for me, uh, you're the worst. <laughs> lame. You're That's, the worst. You should make you should make him do it anyway, uh, just because it's lame. Uh. <laughs> well said. Holy smokes, everyone! <laughs> Man, I don't did... know. Maybe it's because the crit failure deck, but I don't know if we've rolled that many. 20s and 1s in any episode. Or at least I mean, like I said before, like, it's like we planned it. Like, the first time we used the deck that we rolled a bunch of 1s, like, that was yeah. not on purpose. <laughs> no, we just roll a lot of 1s naturally. <laughs> and a lot of 20s. There's a great deal of 20s, too. Yeah. Oh, boy. I gotta tell you, when I didn't throw Alindra into that acid bath, I was like, oh, man, I don't get to do my... My amazing acid pool attack. But you threw Adras who could survive it. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of, you still got to do it, but we still got to live. Yeah, it's not as good. It's not as good as killing a PC. It's not as good as killing a Lindra. Here's, but here's the deal, listeners. We have been worrying about this fight for a week. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> you should. It was it was tough. Uh, <laughs> I made it even tougher, too, so. Uh, but you guys, hey, kick some butt, and next week we're going to dive into the, the Star Eater's spine. Dive right into the Cult of the Devourers base. I cannot wait, because it's going to be a great episode, too. Guys, thank you so much for playing with me. Thank, thank you. But all these ones and twenties. And wasn't everybody say goodnight? Good night, everybody. Rocky, Patrick. Good night. Good night. Good night.